And then a little later on, I saw that this this dude, this Hispanic guy, <laughs> he like launched an NFT, like tried to sell an NFT, and then realized that like everything in that video was copyright, <laughs> like the skateboard, the cranberry juice, the song, like. Yeah, it was it was rough. He he ended up selling <laughs> like the NFT of like just his face or something and So Thomas, I want to ask you a question or I, or I want to talk about a theme that I've been seeing a lot recently or I mean pretty much since I started working in marketing I've been seeing the, a consistent theme of owning your audience and the phrase that I've been seeing a lot is own your audience, own your business, or, you know, own your audience, own your revenue streams, own your audience, own your, your money. But there's like a common theme around this, this, this construct or this, this theme of owning your audience. And I mean, I guess I want to just like open the floor to you for like an open discussion, just ask you kind of what you think about that theme. Like, go ahead. So I, I, I have several thoughts on this theme. So for, for one, it's super important. Everybody should be uh, aware about, about this. But, but first, let's ask, what, what does it actually mean? So, so the, the, where this comes from is the, the basic fact that in the digital economy, in the, in the creator economy, a, a lot what happens is you have these big services that act as aggregators. If you are not familiar and if you care about this kind of stuff, then read Ben, ben Thompson. He has developed a very in-depth understanding of all this. He calls it aggregation theory. He has many posts about this. But the, the basic principle is these, these big, big platforms became really, really good at aggregating users at huge scale and then getting getting suppliers on their platform um, who don't own in most cases the relationship to the end customer that is controlled by the platform and they become just suppliers on the platform and therefore they are highly dependent on the platform and that is true whether you're in e-commerce selling on, on Amazon or whether you're creating videos on, on YouTube you're subject to the platform's terms of course you're also privy to the large large user base and audience that these platforms can move so it's a bit uh, there are pros and cons it's a trade-off but one, one clear fact is that as long as you don't own quote unquote own i should say your audience you will you will definitely have the issue that you are highly dependent the t technical term for this is platform risk that you that you have to a high extent and then i believe then i believe uh countering this and building something that you own that is independent is really valuable and something everybody should do and this can take different shapes or form right the easiest way is like build an email list where you have the email addresses of your customers of your fans of your audience a different model that you can a different model that you can take and a different path that you can choose is that you instead uh, uh, build a platform like what we do with LTFAN platform where, where you have a lot more customer data, which of course opens more gateways to different business models on top. So I mean, it's that kind is of, the, it's, sorry to interrupt you, but it's kind of like the, I mean, the thing that gave me exposure to this the idea that you're talking about of like platform ownership was Shopify. That was like the first time where I saw like, like, where somebody can be their own sole proprietor owner of a company or let's, let's, I mean, e-commerce is kind of what they specialize in. And it was like the first time where they're like, Hey, like you own your own shop. You know, you don't have to use at the time. I mean, for Shopify, people were using 
majority eBay, majority Amazon. Um, maybe there are some other like fringe, smaller e-commerce websites, but Shopify was like the one that came around and was like, nope, do it all on your own. And it sounded like a super sweet deal at the beginning. You know, like I remember being like maybe f- still in university at the time and like, oh man, this sounds like a cool idea. I want to try it. I want to, you know, open my own shop, do, you know, sell my own products, do some drop shipping, all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I guess I quickly came to the realization that um, if you don't have an audience, if you don't have a, a viewership and you don't have money to spend on advertising to rent somebody's, somebody's audience, it's really difficult. And I, and I think that's a sentiment that a lot of people might have. And I don't know, like, in your, in your opinion, like, what are some ways to, to counteract that? Of course, the obvious answer might be, hey, build an audience first, you know, leverage those other platforms. But maybe you can elaborate on that or expand on that a little more. I mean that is clearly the the case and the way to go. So and and you are right. Like it became it became over the last t- ten years or so a lot more a, a lot harder to build an audience. There were like the the early golden days of the Web 2.0 era, where just because you had a blog, people knew about you because there was not so many and people cared about that stuff. And now everybody is on the internet, and that means uh, you need you need more. Uh, uh, to stick out it becomes harder to stick out because there is so much but but i think especially if we talk creators there is still a lot of a lot of potential for organic uh, uh, audience built up you just need to know what you are what you are doing and you need to be willing to invest the work and the time but that is the money free the money free way definitely still exists and there are different things that you that you can do and need to do so one of course you need to do you you need to have a niche that you can really focus on and that where, where you don't have tons of competition where you believe you can be you can be the best like i don't know the best uh, uh, old movie analyst for instance i see the fight club poster behind you for our uh, listeners and not watchers so so if you if you want to cover these then do something that is really distinct that is cool and then also look who else is in is in the same niche who is related to this and and then cooperate with these people who already might have some some audience you know these are techniques that work but yes it, it's not something that that works from from one day to another so it depends on your individual timeline and of course your budget because the other way definitely also exists you can uh, uh, and that is one of the in the good days for Shopify because of Apple's ATT, they they started ending now because Facebook uh, uh, is now much less performant and and it's much harder to track conversions. That's a different topic. But uh, in the golden days of the Shopify era, how how you promoted your Shopify was doing Facebook and Instagram ads uh, to, to... audience segments and and targeting persona types that that were really likely to like your products as well and this drove people there and in in comparison to like like big old school mass media advertising methods like tv or print it's much cheaper much more uh, uh, conversion driven and and if you are more in the in the content business yourself if you are if you are creating creating artistic works then most people will probably not uh, advertise even though if you can advertise that is good um, the second the second methodology for for aspiring creators people who would 
probably as writers nowadays be be on Substack if you don't yet have an audience then collaborate with people and platforms that do have an audience right like and for instance a subscriber also of Casey Newton he has the platformer Substack he used to write for for the Verge and like regularly you will find posts on the Verge that uh, integrate his that come from platformer that convert people to platformer so if you do good work then you will find places that will be happy to to have some of your content as well and you can use this to build an audience but 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 i wanted to get back sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead no well i wanted to probe on kind of something you said near near the beginning sorry to backtrack a little but you touched on this idea of like in the early days you could if you had a blog you could just you know publish content people find your stuff you might rank on google and now like the internet's become so saturated with content that it's so much harder to rank but i wanted to not push back on that, but I wanted to comment on that or, or probe on it a little more. Um, I, I feel like it's come full circle where, like, as you mentioned back in those days, you just like, you went for quantity, right? You just wrote blog posts, you made sure that they were optimized for search and you tried to rank and you just stuffed it with SEO. Some of it sounded robotic and that was kind of the strategy. It was very like, yeah, but this never worked well. So, so none of the people who became good bloggers did this. That is- that, that's what I'm trying to say. That Those were like the black hat techniques, like keyword building, keyword stuffing, guest posting, all that stuff where it's just like push shit out there and hope people find it. And now we're seeing that like as technology adopts and technology becomes more more smart with AI, machine learning, and Google, Google Google's various algorithm changes, we see that like, actual good stuff is really what will make you grow and that that's not only in like the blog sphere but that's in pretty much all you know all mediums of content and and and, i mean it it just echoes kind of what you're saying but like i don't know like what, what you kind of already touched on it and just to package it a little better like affiliation or leveraging already existing audiences is definitely one of the strategies but like I mean, maybe maybe you could just finish finish your next point where you're going to get to. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I will keep my my other point for for later on because this will bring us back full circle to your initial question. But but for now, so on on that note, I I think even in in like the, the earlier days, like like the black hatty techniques, I think they they didn't work for people to become internet celebrities like bloggers and so on this worked in like e-commerce for if you want to build an affiliate business and stuff in this realm this could work and work very well but but still if in the end the the content was more or less shitty and not really differentiated but just with the right keywords then then you you didn't build a a connection around this so it's just a different business the one is much more commerce oriented or or sometimes even darker business models uh, uh, driving the commercial success then and and for for bloggers i mean the the first generation of big bloggers they were all people who knew what they were talking about and who who built audiences based around knowledge and and insights that they had right whether it's like the blogger bloggers the media bloggers from the first from the first generation or or others when it became more branched out into different subject areas and 
And now, of course, there is a lot of content in, in different subject areas. And of course, we long stopped talking about bloggers. Then people started YouTube and we saw the same. People were, were on YouTube and you had an audience because you did something on YouTube. And then later on, you needed to do something good, like do good cooking content. And then cooking was such a big uh, area that now you had to do like pizza, uh, uh, homemade pizza and sourdough content stuff and so you see this constant development and then new platforms usually start in the same way you can jump on something and then just because you're there you will build an audience from the people who, who like this and who think that is cool which of course is one of the big opportunities that, that currently exist in the web3 space and then it matures and then the techniques that you need to use they they change and also different people become successful right it's not in our days just having a block is not good enough Thomas, I think the next question I want to ask you kind of to move the conversation along is like, I guess, who are some of your favorite creators at the moment? Because I want to then like kind of dissect what those guys are doing right, or what those guys or gals are doing right, and see if we can kind of reverse engineer like, like success in a way. Sure. So, so, well, I I mean to to be very frank in the in the last years since since starting liquidity and also before this starting starting a, a different a different project my, my time has been somewhat limited especially when it comes to following newer creators and and discovering people so so people who know me know I'm a big NBA fan and so the the, the there is one guy from ESPN Zach Lowe, you see that he's on a big platform on ESPN. And then I'm, I'm, I used to be a big fan of everything Grantland. And once Bill Simmons founded uh, The Ringer, I also, I also follow a lot of the shows that they are doing uh, with NBA on The Ringer. So, but, but that is of course already big when it comes to individual creators so there are there are actually a few folks a lot of this happens of course on youtube there is i, I don't even know his name to be to be frank but the youtube channel is called pro home cooks it's a really great uh, really great uh, uh, channel for people who like cooking and um another another guy in the biking realm i'm just uh, opening my, my YouTube and seeing who I subscribe to. And then I will give you the, the names. Another guy I really like is, uh, where's this bike guy? You know, I'm also biking. I'm following a bit the biking uh, uh, sports world. And there is this, uh, uh, shit, I'm so bad with names. This doing this, putting well, Thomas, on the spot like this, that is really unfair. <laughs> Thomas, no, 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 it's okay. I think, I mean, you know Bill Simmons and you know his content style a lot better than me, but I do know him a little and I do know pro home cooks. And I think you've chosen two examples. That Francis Kate, opinion, sorry, I need to give this shout out. Francis Kate, because he does really, really good biking stuff. All right, well, let's let's focus on Bill Simmons and pro home cooks because I think they both represent two different styles, but two important ones. So, for, and tell me where I'm wrong. So Bill Simmons, one, one of the better basketball basketball commentators in terms of like an X's and O's guy and just essentially his knowledge of the game. But I think what, what separated Bill Simmons from the rest was his, like his, his candor it was the fact that he was willing to say whatever he was, he was himself. He, he wasn't this like media trained personality. He wasn't this like uh, uh, talking head, you know, on ESPN or something. He had this like Boston kind of flair to him. 
And, and that's what, what attracted a lot of people to Bill Simmons. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, not on the other end of the spectrum, but kind of in the same bucket, Pro Home Cooks started off uh, Brothers Eat Green, I think, right? And it was two, two brothers, yeah. two kind of stonery, kind of <laughs> stonery brothers making like cool, like, you know, college student budget uh, cooking videos in their little tiny Brooklyn apartment or something like that. And they were like kind of quirky, like one of the brothers was really quirky and kind of odd and played guitar and, and looked like, you know, he just like, he just smoked like, a, a, you know, or something. And then the other guy was kind of the more, more put together, more handled, and they kind of had this nice dynamic. And, and what, what they represented was also like speaking directly to like the everyday fan. Like you can imagine these guys in your kitchen, you know, in your house, watching a movie, cooking some some food on a college budget. So, I mean, th the general takeaway of both Bill Simmons and Pro Home Cooks is like relatability, right? Where you're not talking down, you're not talking down to your audience. You're not like teaching them. You're not lecturing them on a, on a topic or on a subject, but like, hey guys, I'm one of you. I'm a, I, I'm a sports fan just like you. I fucking hate, you know, when the Celtics lose just like you. Or, you know, I, I'm a broke college student just like you and I'm, I'm making home-cooked meals. And I think those are two, like, pers two, two themes or, or one theme that are, that's, I think, super important from, like, an audience-building point of view, especially in today, to stand out. I think that's one strategy that I would almost recommend any new creator, you know, takes advantage of. It's, like, presenting your expertise or presenting your ideas or your, your opinions not from a place of like, I'm above you teaching you, but from a place of I'm one of you. I don't know. What do you think about it? Do you think that's, that's somewhat accurate? I think that is definitely super accurate. It, it, it takes both, right? You need to have the expertise. You need to have a distinct point of view or insights, depending also on what you do, right? Entertainment is very different from something like, like pro home cooks. They explicitly try to teach you something. Or one guy I yep. didn't mention before, like, 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 but I mentioned him really early on, uh, uh, is Ben Thompson from Stratechery. He does something that is, he's also individual creator, maybe the one who, who understood the earliest how, how valuable a business you can build on a truly differentiated content and uh, uh, having your own audience. And, and this way he built the, this one man show subscription publication that is really influential in the tech world nowadays. Um, but, but also he, I mean, you, you need to be, even if it is so technical, you cannot A, talk down and you need to be, you, you need to be really clear about a where you're coming from transparent about your incentives when you when you publish stuff online and you need to be and you need to be honest about what you know and what you don't know and that is like especially in the more let, let, let's call it the the close to academic topics, uh, 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 people who wrote about this or who published about this, they all do it. And you will, you will see in, in writing a lot less uh, statements that are super definitive and authoritative and people started to, to be much more 
relativizing their own uh, their own statements uh, uh, because because we also became aware and now we are going really deep into almost philosophical discussions so let's bring it back in a second but but we became aware online that all these point of views and all these different angles exist that you can have on one subject and and that is the beauty of the internet we now have a much better understanding all of us uh, of of how much there is to know and how little we can actually know and yeah but and that but, is but something people, that yeah i mean i I, th i think people are just honestly they got sick of traditional media they got sick of of talking heads of media trained personalities they got sick of like the the consensus talking points and you know individual creators especially with platforms like youtube where it allowed like everyone to be a creator and everyone's opinion to be broadcast And I think that's what people really want now. I mean, when you see that like Joe Rogan has a bigger viewership than like some entire media conglomerates do, and it's not just volume of viewers, but it's also like the quality of those viewers and the loyalship of those viewers. And I think that's like kind of, kind of the shift. I mean, that's like the creator economy, right? It's the fact that like fans want to, Fans want to hear from other fans rather than like entities, rather than corporate entities. And yeah, I mean, yeah. again, that it's and, also uh, still going deep into philosophy, but yeah. And look, something I, I don't even find it slightly embarrassing, really, but but maybe it is. But if, I, I wrote a post on Medium. I just brought it up on my screen when uh, Bill Simmons was kicked out of ESPN. And I told him, hey, go do your own thing. Uh, I guess he never read it, even though I tried to, to get it uh, to him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he he. So that that is to say, I was really following his his uh, career from from not super early on, not the days when he was still writing the Boston Sports Guy column, but but uh, the early Grantland days, and to an extent that when I hit G in my browser, usually autocomplete will always fill it with what Google, right? But in my case, it was for for quite some time Grantland, and and like like what what you what what you say is definitely true and and also the same thing you mentioned about pro home cooks was true especially in the in the grandland days it felt like there was like almost this family of people who were smart witty who who Uh, started and, and Bill certainly did it or Simmons did it but but then the other people at Grantland they they found people who wanted to combine for instance sports with pop culture writing and you would see in these pieces these references to other TV shows and movies and so on something that really didn't exist in the in the earlier days of uh, sports writing sports media and they really uh, uh, leaned into this and then they also started using these formats like podcasting early on which of course it's the medium where you build like a relationship with a creator like no other because they are in your ear you listen to them all the time and yeah they they really built something or, or simmons himself but also the people he he gathered around him really created these universes of of content of insights that you could really uh, uh, escape into if you wanted to and uh, that is definitely one way of doing it but we are but we are here talking about all these cases they are already already somewhat established i mean at different levels like pro home cooks is i guess not the the bill simmons of of cooking content but but uh, somewhat relevant to to youtube people and and the question to to me and i guess to many people out there is hey how does it 
how does it work nowadays? Because the dynamics have, have shifted, right? It's not like uh, Bill Simmons was one of the first people who wrote really for the internet and had his column, and that was picking up steam on the internet in, in a time when when there was no such thing as social media. And and today this has this has all de developed in the way we described it before, and and. The, the basic truth, I guess, will always stay the same. Do something that is distinct. Do something that is made for the medium you're on, right? If you now want to be successful on, on TikTok, I guess you cannot just take a video that would work on YouTube and put it on TikTok. You need to do something that is really made for the format. Understand this. And then and then build network. Of course, use social media and build followerships there. I just, I would still recommend don't fully rely on this. Have some build some ways where you can uh, own and have direct access to your to your fans, and where you are not yeah, I, reliant I, on a platform. I, I I do think I mean something that you already mentioned, which is like leveraging other audiences or leveraging existing audiences. I think that's one of the most powerful growth hacks. And I think, especially if your content is good, like I, I've personally seen, I mean, I, I follow fantasy football pretty closely and I've, I've seen people like guests appear on like a bigger fantasy network um, and, you know, do some content, create a video or create an article or something. And, and I saw like, damn, like, like this person blows everyone out of the water that's at this specific publication. Like, I'm going to go follow them, you know, like, why am I even here? Like, And, and I think that's like a very powerful thing that if you can, if you can, uh, you know, leverage somebody else's audience, understand their users and their fans and speak directly to them in a way that they are used to, that they would like, it's really like a very underrated growth hack, something that I wanted to like further drive, drive home. But yeah. Look, some, pe some people might have heard I once uh, uh, started to work on a publication Uh, called attentionecono.me that I wanted to turn into a subscription publication. Then I went deeper down the blockchain rabbit hole and and started liquidity team. So so this didn't work out in that way. But I was I was on on, on a good track. And just to to be super specific and describe one thing that I used to do. So I was already at at the time interested in things of all things blockchain, and then. I, I picked up on, on Twitter a guy from, from Bloomberg that I'm following. He wrote, men, mentioned just in, a, I think, in a Twitter thread, or maybe they had a little piece uh, on Bloomberg where he opined that, well, shouldn't Facebook maybe create his own currency? That was long, long before uh, Facebook actually announced uh, uh, Libra. And And uh, well, then what, what I did, because it fit nicely the theme of the publication, I, I wrote a longer piece about, uh, hey, if Facebook would do it, why could it work? How would it have to be? And of course, I, I name dropped this article and and the guy, and I mentioned him then when I shared it on Twitter, I, I mentioned him and because it was up, Uh, his alley he just had thought about it himself he was kind enough to to share it on his account and then it was even picked up in like the morning briefing from from bloomberg and the financial times right so, so it's these little things where where if you are if you are inspired by something give shout outs mention other people and even even bigger people will be nice if you do something that is that is really good and and spread the word about it especially if it's like in their in their ballpark or up their alley 
and in that sense, I feel like digital creators are very open to to also of also doing this if it is good, if it is not like a, a stupid attempt to to get somebody's attention, but if it is like honest. Yeah, and I think one one of the most important things that you can kind of attach to every every other every one of those other uh, strategies is really frequency, frequency and consistency. I mean. I know for YouTube, for example, um, frequency of, of publication is in, extremely important. Uh, you can have a really good content, but if you don't publish frequ or frequently and on a consistent time base, um, YouTube tends to not like that. And I mean, mo most existing platforms, their algorithms are are built on the on the the theme that how you know we want to keep users on the platform as long as possible, we want to keep them scrolling. We want to keep them going to the next TikTok, to the next YouTube video, to the next, and and you see that with all the different um, like autoplay features that exist on all of those platforms, or auto scroll, or whatever you want to call it, and and yeah, I think I think knowing that as a creator, it's just being being reliable to the platforms where they're like, hey, this person pu publishes at this time, or you know, on this day every week. We will feed that content to people. And it, it goes back to the idea that that's how you build an audience, right? So like you have to leverage some of these existing platforms. It's just the world we live in, as you mentioned. Yeah, but, de def yeah. definitely leverage them. But but this also goes back to like, like the, these platforms have their own set of incentives. And for, for them, they need they need a lot of content that brings people back and that they can in usually sell advertising against and and so they also want to reward the creators who who have constant output that is that is good enough but that doesn't fit every creator right like, like not everybody uh, uh, has this kind of output and and then he will not be rewarded but even punished by the by the algorithm so that is that is where the going back to the initial part right owning your audience having your own ways to access them whether it's via via email whether it's uh, with an app where you can send push notifications uh, that is really truly valuable nowadays especially if you are if you are not the kind who wants to play along in these in these ma mass output games, right? I I I'm personally subscribed to a few people who don't write super regular newsletters, but once uh, one does appear in my in my inbox, it's a must read for me, and that is only only working because at some point I discovered their work, and then and then it shows it shows up at the the terms of the creator and me we have this direct contract that says send me emails whenever you publish something uh, and and yeah but i think that's because you're already a fan yeah and and definitely i think when you already have an audience when you have loyal fans that love the work you do then those things not, none of this matters none of these strategies matter i mean joe rogan can publish one podcast once a month and Everyone who everyone will come. In sure. fact, maybe more people will come. Sure. Maybe Joe Rogan publishes too too many podcasts. He does like five a week, and I can't watch them all. I literally don't. There there aren't enough hours in the day to watch all Joe Rogan podcasts. So yeah, uh, and I think this guy that sends you a newsletter, you know, whenever he sends it, whenever he completes it, you're like, oh hell yeah, like let let's go. I'm ready. 
Are, yeah, there, are I mean, there people who curate the best of Joe Rogan and then have paid newsletters where they point you to the two hours per week that are must watch, much, uh, must listen to? I don't, I don't know, but I know there used to be like YouTube accounts which would do like Joe Rogan clips, like best of clips. Um, and, you know, that, that doesn't even exist anymore. Like fan account, fan made accounts. Um, I mean, maybe they do, but I haven't seen many of them. And I think it's because of this new deal that he has with Spotify where. Yeah, this and then also like a yeah. copyright. I mean, nowadays, uh, uh, these platforms look much more after after copyright infringements and so on. Yep. And uh, fair, so, so a lot of stuff that, that uh, presumably used the fair use provisions in from, from the US uh, uh, probably, probably didn't. And then the European copyright novel from a few years ago also changed a lot of this. But yeah, that, that's legal stuff. So um, yeah. that is... The, I guess the the takeaway the takeaway for for me when we have this discussion is there, there there are always ways how to find audience and build audience even organic ones somewhere you don't have to take money into your hand but you but but you constantly need to adapt to the world you're living in I mean if once you're established it's also a different game but once you are if you are an upstart then then I I think a super a super good promising thing is to to find a a new platform that is that is getting uh, uh, started and you leverage this because like on one that is already full it's just uh, uh, much harder unless you can identify a clear niche that that doesn't exist this way which, which also i assume is the case because there are so many topics that that people are passionate about in the world and and not in every category somebody already started a youtube account yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, in TikTok's many, a good example of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, tons of people came, you know, became TikTok famous, and they weren't doing anything that was very new. And TikTok is now pretty saturated. It's very difficult to find find a niche that you know is untapped. Yeah. yeah, even though I think their their discovery algorithm that is not based around followership, but but also uh, uh, just algorithmic discovery, essentially from people you've never heard of, is still pretty good for creators. But but it also created this world where you have like a lot of like like one hit wonders, and and that that is also something that that always existed on the internet, right? People went viral, but but, but the question is, can you can you turn this into something sustainable? And and very often the answer. Uh, the answer was no so yeah, do you remember that guy who did the um who did the he was like on a skateboard with like a, a bottle of cranberry juice and he was listening to like a fleetwood mac song no Hispanic i've never dude. seen that guy yeah he's massive complete massive viral dude his name was like <laughs> it was like face tattoo cholo cranberry skateboard man <laughs> something like that and um yeah, like not only did that song become super famous, Fleetwood Mac song become very famous, but you know the cranberry cranberry juice company also leveraged that, and and then, <laughs> and then a little later on, I saw that this this dude, this Hispanic guy, <laughs> he like launched an NFT, and like tried to sell an NFT, and then um, realized that like everything in that video was copyright, <laughs> like the skateboard, the cranberry juice, the song, like. Yeah, it was it was rough. He he ended up selling like <laughs> the NFT of like just his face or something, and yeah, yeah, it's brutal. 
It's brutal. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, Thomas, uh, thank you so much for joining me, man. I mean, you know, we're kind of just spitballing, talking about some some growth hacks or growth strategies, to, you know, to build an audience, whether it's direct response, whether it's brand building. I think there's a lot of strategies that can be utilized. And as you mentioned, Thomas, a lot of mediums and a lot of platforms and just knowing what content fits for that platform. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining me, Thomas. Sure. It was a pleasure as always. Yeah, if you guys like the, the podcast, please uh, give it a give it a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a like, share it with a friend if if this might help help a a fellow creator, fellow you know content man or whatever. Yeah. All right, guys, take it easy.